ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and most importantly, everyone else. Uh, welcome back. Um, it's been, feels like it's been a while since we last recorded. I don't know if um, you guys are feeling the same way. But uh, yeah, we finally got around to um, seeing another movie. Um, life's been pretty hectic for us the last few weeks, I guess. Feels like months. Yeah, um, it does. But uh, yeah. Just barely uh, got around to seeing um, a new movie, found the time, and uh, not a moment too soon because Shang-Chi just came out. Shang-Chi. Shang-Chi. Damn it. All throughout the movie. Like, uh, leading up to this movie, I keep calling him Shang-Chi because that's how it's spelled. Um, and then all throughout the movie, they keep pronouncing it Shang... Well, I think it's like Shang-Chi or something. I don't know. Um, but... Yeah, the entire time I was like, you know what? Now that I've seen this movie, I'm finally going to like get it in my head and pronounce it right. That's what's going to happen. I'm going to get it right from now on. And then immediately I look like an idiot. Ugh, why do you guys listen to me? Um, but yeah, we went and saw Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Um, I mean... Tis the newest Marvel movie tis. for those of you who are not in the know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um immediate reactions this movie's dope loved it <laughs> this movie is phenomenal um and I, it it was definitely um i i would put it in the same sort of category as like guardians of the galaxy where i really didn't know anything about the character going in um all the trailers just kind of made it seem like i didn't know what i was getting into um which I, I feel like Marvel, I've said this before, but they do a really good job of um, enticing you with trailers, but not really telling you what their movie's about too much. Um, and yeah, I really didn't know what this movie was about. And I, you know, it's Marvel, so I was excited. But beyond that, very, very intrigued to find out what the deal was. I am impressed. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah. Um, so... What, for me personally, I was expecting, um, you know, uh, definitely magic. Uh, I feel like because of the times in the trailers when people are seen with, like, floating water and making leaves move around and stuff, I felt like I was kind of expecting a bit of, like, almost like Avatar um, Last Airbender, just the concept of we like... We got a little bit of that, yeah, I feel like. like. Learn to bend this, then learn to control that. Um, uh, that wasn't really the focus of the movie like I was expecting oh, to be. Oh, not at all, um, no. I really wasn't sure... Um, like, the trailer shows several different locations, and um, I really didn't know... If, like, San Francisco was going to be the climax of the movie or, like, halfway point or what. Um, I, I kept seeing moments with, like, dragons and mystical creatures. And I was really worried that they were just going to sort of claim that... Bring a dragon to San Fran? Yeah, well, or just try to make it seem like, uh, yeah, dragons have existed for thousands of years. It's just no one ever goes over that one mountain range. Like, um, I like the way they did it in Black Panther, where it's like, yeah, this country's, you know, existed for 
hundreds of years and they've always had um, vibranium and like it's crazy. However, they don't let any outsiders in and they put up this um, like not hallucination wall, um, but like a projection of like a fake country. So I can sort of get behind why no one knows what's inside of Wakanda. I was worried that with this one, it was just going to be like, yeah, just no one's ever come over here and seen all of our dragons. <laughs> like, I feel like that happens in Harry Potter a lot where they're like, yeah. oh yeah, trolls exist. And so do dragons and, and uh, trolls and gnomes and, um, he- heffalumps and woozles and stuff and they just but run them muggles up. are just too dumb to yeah and it's like them. oh really muggles have never found out about a fire breathing creature that you guys do not control even a little bit and wizards are like mm, muggles are pretty oblivious yeah. <laughs> um that is not what happens in yeah. shang chi um so yeah it, was that sort of what you were expecting from this movie or yeah looking back at the trailers i Again, didn't really know what to expect. Um, Obviously, I was hooked. I knew it was going to be a good movie because it's Marvel and I trust them to make fantastic films. Um, But yeah, I hadn't done any research on Shang-Chi from the comics or any other sort of like research on him. So I didn't know like a backstory or anything. Uh, But I was very, very impressed with this movie. Mm -hmm. Uh, one thing that just occurred to me, um, several of the, uh, not trailers, but like promotional things, um, they started really showing, uh, like the, the 10 rings terrorist organization symbol. Mm -hmm. And there was a interview with Kevin Feige where he really talks about the involvement of this and the first Iron Man movie, because he's held captive by the 10 rings in that first film. Mm -hmm. Um, I was really expecting, um the rest of the universe to tie in a lot more than it did. Um, like, which, I think it will. Yeah. Um, but like the way they talked about, like, uh, there's a, um, what's it called? Like the, the, before your movie starts and before the trailers start, there are those like, Hey, coming soon to theaters is this movie. Here's like a behind the scenes thing. And for Shang-Chi, Shang-Chi, um, there was that thing where Kevin Feige like goes through the Iron Man movies and the repercussions of those and the fact that it will have repercussions on this story. Um, and so, yeah, I, I thought that there was um, going to be quite a bit more of, of that sort of like the origin of our character is tightly woven into the origin of Iron Man. Um, and that didn't really happen. They mentioned it partway through but it really did not feel like it um had too much of a role to play in this story being told which is okay um i like that it was able to kind of stand on its own yeah um very much um but yeah so those were my expectations um you good with your expectations all right Mm -hmm. um should we just get into it yeah all right Spoiler warning is in effect. Um, so we start our movie um, sort of doing the, like, long ago in ancient times. Or, uh, um, they go over the origin of the Ten Rings mm-hmm. and where they came from. Um, I like the fact that they just said, like, this guy has been alive for 
shitloads of years, um, and he got the Ten Rings from I don't know where. May have gotten it off <laughs> out of a tomb. May have gotten it from like the gods. May have found it in a crater. We don't know. And so as an audience, it was just like, uh, okay, cool. Moving on, I guess. <laughs> um, which I was fine with. Um, and they just sort of like show him. They just sort of show uh, he has these ten rings. What can they do? A lot. Uh, see, look. <laughs> and you just get to see him lay ways to like And an they army. just see that, or they say that um, the owner of the ten rings has a choice uh, to use them for good or to use them for evil. Basically, uh, this man who has them now just wanted power, so he just goes and lays waste to everyone in his path, basically. And it shows, like, throughout time how he affected certain battles and wars, uh, basically from, like, hand-to-hand combat in, like, the super early days, clear until modern war times, um, just showing his effect throughout all of time and all of these wars that have happened. Yeah, that little... It's barely a montage. It's just, like, three different, um, like... Um, what's the term? Um, Clips? Yeah. Um, like, three different, like, for instances. Um, it shows, like, some ninjas coming over a wall, killing some guys, and then throwing them off a, a wall. Then it cuts to just someone blowing up a building in Britain, like, centuries later. And then it shows, like, a, a sniper taking aim at a target in, like, the middle east or something like that and so it was just like yeah they've been doing this for years and technology changes and so have they and now it's modern times <laughs> it's like okay well, cool. kind of modern times it goes yeah. to the early 90s yeah yeah ancient times before um, the internet and then in what was it like 1996 or something something like that which pissed me off because that means that i'm older than shang chi and i don't like that that's okay. I think you'll survive. The only Marvel character I should ever be older than is Peter Parker. <laughs> <laughs> um, so then it goes and it says, basically, he's conquered the world. He has all this power, but there's one place remaining that he's heard of that has all this, like, mystic power. Did they say that, like, it was the only place? Because it, it kind of seemed like he, just every day he, like, looks at maps and goes, like... What more is there to conquer? And all of a sudden he's like, I heard someone mention a village over in this region. Let's go check that out. It could be that. Yeah. yeah. Eventually we'll own it on um, digital and then we'll go back through all the dialogue and I'll memorize it by heart. Um, But yeah, so they're uh, driving over there in this uh, bamboo forest. And then the bamboo forest decides to do its best Ent impersonation. And it... Bitch Oops. slaps the shit out of these cars. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I feel like his sidekick, the way they were filming him, the way he was acting, I was like, this guy's going to be like the main henchman. Nope. <laughs> you know, until he falls off a cliff. Like as soon as you meet him. Um, and so uh, this guy. Uh, oh, just so you guys know, all of the names in this movie were like very much um 
traditional Chinese names. I think I as a as a white person, I know they don't read like American names. So if we have any um, listeners who know the proper pronunciation, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, but uh, so the the dad's name is Zhu Weiwu Wen Wenwu Zhu Wenwu, I think. Um, so yeah, he he gets out of the car and then just like sort of. He, like, doesn't even care that his henchman just fell off a cliff. Yeah, but then he's, like, able to walk back into the forest, and they're like, as long as you're not in a car. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like, we'll, we'll destroy a Chevy, but if you're just a dude, yeah, fine. fine. Which, at that point, just just walk. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah. he comes across a spring with yeah. a woman standing there. In a really cool mask. Yeah, that she immediately that's true. takes off and they never reference again. And a hat, too. And a hat, yeah. yeah. Basically, um, she says, you're not welcome here. Leave now. And he's like, I'm super powerful because I have these ten rings. And he, I'm yeah, not going anywhere. He does the cliche, like, do you know who you're talking to? And she And then she just goes, back. don't make me hurt you. I, <laughs> I think before that, it's like, who, do you know who you're talking to? And she just responds with... I don't care who I'm talking to. <laughs> I was like, damn, that was a great response. Um, but yeah, so they get into this fight. And this is when we see the airbending come in. Yeah. The best uh, adjective I can think of for this fight. It's just beautiful. I wouldn't describe her fighting style as like, I wouldn't call her a badass or like a, a one of those like, oh man, she's so like empowering. She's just beautiful. Very like fluid. So much grace. Oh. Like it was. Before we get any further, I will say the choreography of literally mm. every single scene in this movie is gorgeous. I don't know who was in charge of choreography or if it was a team or what, but they deserve a massive paycheck. Like, yeah absolutely gorgeous fight scenes and choreography through the whole film. But with that said, I feel like there are certain fight scenes where like the main goal is like beauty and just art. And then there's other ones where it's like, we need the audience to know these two characters want to kill each other. Mm -hmm. But like that first scene, it's like, he wants to, like, get her out of his way so that he can get to her village. And she's kind of just toying with him. She's just very much like, no, you're not getting through. Mm -mm. No. And she's no, just, like, using no, the don't the wind the and the leaves. Yeah. And, Ugh. oh, gorgeous. It, yeah. And it, the music in the background during that. Beautiful. It's a like fight scene hand-to-hand -hand combat with like spa music like, yeah it's spa yes exactly <laughs> it was so pretty um and the way we've just described it doesn't sound like a scene anyone should ever want to watch and i would watch but it over and over forever like it's so oh yes um, now that we've gone on and on about that scene, yeah. um, basically these two end up falling in love. She has to leave her village because the elders don't approve of him living there. 
So she walks away and they go and they have this beautiful life together. They have two kids. Uh, They uh, have like family movie nights and family DDR nights. And uh, they just live this cute little family life for a while. Yeah. Um, And then we cut to modern day and uh, Shang-Chi who now goes by Sean, is living in San Francisco, and uh, he parks cars. Um, he's uh, not a chauffeur. He's a valet. Valet, there it is. Um, yeah, and he and Aquafina's character, Katie, um, they are best friends. They work together. Um, and she's definitely like the reckless, throw caution to the wind, do something crazy type of character very aquafina in nature um however take a really nice car for a joyride yeah which that was something that definitely surprised me because in the trailers it keeps showing like this crazy bus chase and also them like drifting around in a car and so i was like okay so somehow they're the one of the characters maybe like falls out of the bus and then gets into this car and like continues the chase there. Or like maybe they like start the chase in this car, but then like the car gets wrecked. So then they have to get into the bus. Uh, no, they're completely like, they're just on a joy ride. Yeah. Yeah. And then the bus chase is the next day. So not even connected. Um, but yeah, so, um, they hang out with some friends, have a nice conversation. Um, they do karaoke. They do karaoke the night. that night. Um, next day, he goes to pick her up uh, at her house so that they can go to work together. And then on the bus, this guy comes and he's like, "Hey, that pendant that your mom gave you, that give it to me, and no <laughs> one gets hurt." Yeah, and he's like, "Well, I have to kick off the storyline, so <laughs> I'll fight you for it." Um, which at first the guy's like, "Give it to me," and he's like, "No," and then like. They grab him, and then Aquafina is like, "Hey, man, what the hell?" And so they like shove her, and I like that. That is the thing that kicks him into action. Yeah, it's not necessarily the oh, people are threatening me or people are trying to take away the pendant my mom gave me. It's no, 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 you don't touch my friend like that. And he then spanks these bitches. This um, is true. And in oh, another really awesome fight scene. Yeah, um, and. This was one where they really played with um, the momentum of the world around them as a, a part of the fight scene. So it's not just two people fighting, but they're fighting on a bus that keeps turning and swerving and speeding up or slowing down or breaking in half. <laughs> like, Well, and at one point the brakes get cut and they're... Mm-hmm. driving through San Francisco, which is famously hilly. Yeah. Which they always seem to be going downhill. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so I don't know if they're just at, like, the peak of San Francisco when this fight breaks out, but they wow. are just always on a downward trajectory. <laughs> that was such a Fast and the Furious downhill slope. Like, it's just right. the downhill that It's not never quite ends. as bad as the... Uh, runway no, no but the, the runway from furious seven who even I knows? think so um or wait fast five fast and furious six furious seven i think it's furious seven it no it's fast and furious six Nearly no positive. one cares okay <laughs> 
I think so many people care. I think Rachel cares if she's listening. If she ever gets around to seeing Shang-Chi. Um, <laughs> throw in shade. Um, anyways. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, at some point, Sh- uh, Sean, at this point, gets like thrown outside of the bus and has to like run, slide, grab, and like slide off the edge of the bus and grab onto the like side view mirror bar yeah and get oh back in gosh. through the door like, <laughs> so many of his his kicks and flips and and just and there's like general public on this bus as well that's another thing there's yeah. a guy that's like live streaming and <laughs> very funny. he starts it out and he's like yeah i actually took some karate when i was a kid and so i'm just gonna like break it down and like grade it as they go and <laughs> He basically just live streams this whole fight between all of these. There's probably like what four or five assassins I believe four. against Sean, um, and it basically ends. Uh, they save all of the the general public. Yeah, they so smash he, a bunch of cars. He throws they, each guy off the bus throughout until there's one guy left. Uh, sword razor fist yeah razor fist and then he puts him in a a specific hold gets everyone onto the front half of the bus and then is able to kick this guy as katie hits the bus in a way that disconnects the back half and which that shot was so good Um, another thing the way sean like traverses the bus like being able to because he, he's not just using he's the like main jumping walkway, through the seats and jumping through seats between the bars like every time he needs to like do a move or something if he needs to get up and over someone he'll use the bars to flip over it, so much like the choreography was great but also the training of the stuntmen and the mm-hmm. actors so which, good it's after seeing this many marvel movies and being as into it as i am it's so difficult to know how much of those fight scenes um, Simu Liu did himself and how much of it was a stunt double. But there were some scenes later in the film that it was very obvious that his stunt double was in there and not him. Okay, interesting. Um, I actually got very distracted. Wow. Because I could tell that it was his him. stunt double. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Um, but uh, yeah. Either way, I think everyone involved, stunt double or actor, everyone trained really hard and got the choreography down. So it was creative choreography that was then executed to perfection. Um, Yeah. So, so nice. But Razor Fist ended up with the pendant. Yeah. Um, And then all of a sudden, Sean is like, oh, shit. They're going for my sister now. I have to leave and I have to warn her. Yeah. And uh, when he woke up, like the first time we see him, we see that he has a postcard and there's nothing written on it, but it's sent to him from a specific place in Macau, Macau, which is in China. That's in China. That's yes. in China. Just so you know, it's Macau, China. Like I said, um, and that's like, that's kind of the Las Vegas of China, if you ask me. Do you want to tell our listeners how you know that fact? Uh, because you told me partway through the movie. You it's, bet I did. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, my dumbass, every time he looked at the postcard, I just saw 
that um, San Francisco was written on the postcard. So I thought that was where it was sent from. And so then they go to Macau and I was like, what part of San Fran fucking Cisco is this? And you were like, this is kind of the um, Las Vegas of China. And I was like, oh, we're in China now? Oh, that makes more sense. <laughs> That's why they were on an international flight. That was another thing. The fact that uh, at first I thought that they were flying from San Francisco to, you know, San Francisco. I, I was I was lost and, and confused. Um, <laughs> but yeah. Um, but I digress. Um, so <laughs> they get there. Oh, before we move on from the San Francisco portion of the film, um, I was sad that we didn't get any sort of ant-man reference during that because ant-man lives in san francisco like um i was kind of wondering if like someone on the bus was gonna be like maybe ant-man will come to save us or like or like um there's this big bus chase and stuff like that and all of a sudden it just cuts to hank pym or scott lang just like watching this bus go by thinking about it for a second being like i'm not in the mood (laughs) (laughs) um yeah i I thought that you could do some sort of a quick cutaway or something to acknowledge we already have established another marvel character in this city but they didn't and that's fine um so yeah then we go to macau and uh they go to where the address took them and it's this crazy like underground fighting high rise yeah underground Um, higher that doesn't make sense well (laughs) underground meaning it's run by crime. Okay. But it's way up in a skyscraper. So yeah, it's not underground. It's like an underground fight ring way up on the top floor of a building. Of a high rise that's got scaffolding all around it. And yeah. It's pretty sketchy. Yeah. So they get on this elevator that in Aquafina's uh, terms is definitely up to code and is definitely not going to fall off the side of the building. Um, and this dude in the elevator is just like, not giving them any information. He just makes Sean sign something. And then the elevator opens. And he's immediately referred to as bus guy because, of course, his bus fight has gone viral. Mm-hmm. Because that one guy was live streaming it. Um, so, yeah, they're, they're sort of looking around. And there's a bunch of just, like, human beings fighting each other. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, they turn and in like the big central big deal fight ring is Wong fighting against Abomination, which Wong is from Doctor Strange. For those of you who don't know, yeah, he's the Asian friend. Yes, uh, played by is he played by Benedict Wong? I don't know. Anyways, um, he's fighting Abomination in this giant fight ring. Um, Abomination is this giant green fish monster man thing are you not gonna tell them what he's from no do you I'm know not, what abomination i don't from? know <laughs> okay yeah benedict wong plays wong okay well yeah. that makes it easy i had forgotten that benedict yeah um so abomination is the main bad guy from the incredible hulk oh yeah. i forgot that yeah so this was a big deal because we Marvel really didn't acknowledge the existence of Incredible Hulk until um, they brought 
Thunderbolt Ross, General Ross, into uh, Civil War. Then they brought him back in Endgame and Infinity War and um, then Black Widow. And then they do acknowledge the events of Incredible Hulk in last week's What If episode. Um, But they're now bringing in Abomination, which is the main villain of the movie. And um, from what I understand... Hulk is going to have some stuff to do, and Abomination is going to have some stuff to do, and, like, several other things like that are going to be playing a big role in the She-Hulk series coming to Disney Plus fairly soon. So, yeah, getting to see Abomination return was really cool. Getting to see Wong there was pretty neat. Um, Their fight was pretty funny. Yeah. Um, And the final knockout was dope the abomination uh basically knocked himself out because he punched through one of wong's portals and uh ended up punching himself in the face yeah and knocking himself out wong opens one portal directly in front of the fist but then the second portal the exit portal right next to abomination's face so punch goes into the portal and then out the other one directly into the side of his face um yeah always great we saw a very similar move at the beginning, I believe at the beginning, of X-Men Days of Future Past, which was really cool, when, uh, I think it's Blink is the character that opens up the portals. Um, but yeah, so, reminded me of that. Um, then Sean finds out he has to fight in that ring. Yeah. Um, they make him take his shirt off for it, which is basically just to show off his six-pack. Yeah, which it's it's funny how like it's become sort of a joke in Marvel movies so much so that like some people are fine with it, but then other people like I know Chris Hemsworth is kind of getting sick and tired of yeah. the shirtless scenes. So yeah, with this one they just but it was straight funny up like they had... time for the shirtless scene. <laughs> well, and then they had Katie when he came out, she looked at him, she goes, "Where's your shirt?" <laughs> and he just like shrugs and is like i have no idea um and then they're like yeah and he's gonna fight macau's own something or other what's her name i don't remember um, um so she it... comes out all hooded takes her hood off i was expecting to recognize the person yeah it was i definitely didn't an actress i had but, never uh, seen before sean recognized it as his long lost sister um so she's beating the crap out of him He's trying to explain to her, like, hey, I'm trying to help you. Stop hitting me. And she just keeps wailing on him. Um, Basically, she knocks him out. And then after the fight, uh, they go into the office and find out that uh, she owns the place. That this whole uh, high-rise fight club is uh, all her doing. Um, Fun fact because uh, yeah the sister I did not recognize her from anything else just looked her up on IMDB uh, her name is who oh boy uh, Menger Zhang it's one of those names with an apostrophe in it I was never taught in school how to deal with that but yeah Menger Zhang I believe this was her first and only movie role oh wow yeah that like she crushed it for this being her first like Oh, sorry. I said first movie role. Her first role. She's never done TV. Like, at least nothing IMDb knows about. Um, So, yeah. Um, The fight's really cool. Um, 
she wins. She does. Um, which she has like a flashback to her childhood. Like she starts to walk away, then has a flashback of something he did that pissed her off. And then she turns around and kicks him in the face so hard. <laughs> and somehow he only comes out with a bloody nose. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, but uh, then he goes back into like the, it's not a locker room, but it's... The office. Yeah. And I can't remember if it's after the fight or before the fight, but at some point we see uh, Wong and Abomination, like after their fight, and Wong is like, you gotta quit punching that hard, or something like that. And like, they're like buddy buddies. And then Wong like opens up a portal and walks in, and then Abomination like hunches over and follows him. So like, these guys are in cage matches together, but they're like... On a somewhat friendly basis, which is interesting. Um, so, yeah, very intrigued to see where Abomination's story takes him. Um, and I know in Incredible Hulk, Abomination's powers kind of come to him in a fairly Hulk-esque way. Where, like, he gets Super Soldier Serum, but then the stuff that makes Hulk Hulk out is given to him, so that kind of mixes with his super soldier serum, if I remember correctly, and that makes him turn into Abomination, so I don't know if Abomination turns into Abomination when he's angry, like, the same way that Hulk does, or if it's, once you're Abomination, you're Abomination until you die. Um, but yeah, that would also be interesting to see. Um, so, But despite how much Dallas has talked about Abomination, he's not that big of a character in this movie. You don't see him after this. No, but, you know, it's, he's he's going to become a bigger character, from what I understand, in pretty uh, soon-to-come projects. <laughs> so, conveniently, after brother and sister catch up, the uh, Ten Ring assassins find them at this fight club. Um, because they want her pendant. Yeah, mom gave both of them a pendant. They've already gotten Sean's. Now they want the sisters. Jailing? Sure. Yeah. It's XIA. Uh, Americans don't use X's the same way Chinese people do. Um, but, uh, yeah. So, uh, Ten Ring Assassins come in. Uh, there's one guy who, like, trained Shang-Chi when he was a kid. And he, like, wears, I believe it's called a kabuki mask. Um... But, like, he's always got this mask on, and so Shang-Chi sees him and is like, that dude is a bitch. I'm fighting him. And, uh, but then almost immediately, they leave the building, like, go out a window, and... They're basically fighting on the scaffolding on this high-rise. That might have been my favorite fight of the entire film. It was really cool to watch them, like, swing around and, like... Um, at some point, it takes a wide shot so that you see all the different characters on the outside of the building sort of like chasing after each other or fighting. However, because it's a wide shot, you've just got black silhouettes against what should be the black side of a building. However, because it's glass, it reflects and the building on the opposite side of the street has like a big neon... Um, like 
Coca-Cola, like moving image thing. And so we're seeing the reflection of a very bright advertisement. And so our characters are all black silhouettes. It, It was such a gorgeous shot in the middle of a ludicrously complex action scene. Yeah. There it it happens so often where like all the different players, all the different throws being thrown or all the different uh punches being thrown, it's really really complicated and somehow they still th- find ways to make it gorgeous to look at. Just nailed it. On- um Several oh, times this was when, a beautiful, another beautiful fight scene. Yeah, they would like move the camera around characters and from one party to another. It, it was really, really great. It, it, the way they would move the camera kind of reminded me of certain moments in Aquaman, but I feel like, I don't know, it, it was almost more jarring in Aquaman. Mm-hmm. Um, like it was impressive. But in this, it kind of felt like it, it was just more natural. And, oh, yeah. Um, and the way they fought, a lot of times would have, like, two characters sort of moving around each other in a circle. But that meant that they would move the camera around them in a circle as well. Mm-hmm. So so everything was just moving. Yeah. it. <sighs> I just really like another thing with this movie. is like, there's not guns involved in most of the fight scenes. Yeah. It's just, like, their skill with, like, hand-to-hand or their... I don't know what their sword things are called. They're, like... Oh. The Ten Ring soldiers have these, like, curved... Yeah, so... hook sword things. I've seen them before. Um, Best way I can describe them, if any of our listeners have ever seen Avatar The Last Airbender, it is the same kind of weapon that Jet uses. It's uh, like a hooked oh, sword yeah. that he's sometimes able to like link them together and then swing them around because like these ones are like electrified too. Yeah, um, jets wasn't um, jets weren't because they're plural. Um, but yeah, so beautiful fight scene. Um, finally, it ends. They get back into the building and his dad is there and he, you and know, he the, gets the pendant. He's got knives on Shang Chi's friend and sister. And so he's like, all right, better come with us. So they're like, all right, fine. So they go to the compound and... Which is the childhood home yes. of Shang-Chi and his sister. Um, so, yeah, they're basically like thrown back into their childhood bedrooms. All of these memories are coming up of especially their mom who uh, has died um, and... You find out that basically as soon as his mom died, Shang-Chi's dad made him start training to be able to kill a man in any way possible um, and just turned him into this like killing machine. Uh, You find out that uh, the sister was never allowed to train with the boys, but she watched everything that they did and trained herself. Um, And... You know, you're getting, like, all these flashback scenes of, like, how much they loved their mother, how much she loved them. Uh, Basically, like, instilling in them, like, pride of ancestors and all Um, of these things. Up until this point, it's it's pretty mysterious how she died. And then 
while they're there, we find out she was actually killed by some people there to kind of settle a, a debt. A blood debt. Yeah. With um, their dad, dad. Because back when he was running the Ten Rings organization, he tried to screw them over, but then tried to leave that in his past so that he could have a family. And You also find out that he does not wear the rings at all while with his wife. Um, yeah. He takes them off. He decides that he can grow old with her. Um, and then she's killed because of something from his past. So then he puts them back on and kind of slips back into that uh, evil mindset, I guess you could say. Um, but basically, he brings his kids in and is like, hey, your mother is being kept behind a gate in her village. And she's like whispering to me to come save her. But I like the path is only open once a year. And yeah, there's a lot of exposition dumped on the audience at this point. Um, So you find out the the gem or the uh, pendants that each kid had turned out to be the eyes of a dragon's like carving yeah there's a statue of a dragon you take the pendants you put them on and and they create the eyes which sort of awakens this whole contraption um all of a sudden you get a water comes out of everything then it like explodes out but still like floats in the air and then it drops and that makes a map (laughs) and it was it was a lot of like this is complicated and strange but again pretty gorgeous to look at um which for a lot of those sequences i'm like i wish i could could have been on set on that day yeah what did that look like yeah just to be like (laughs) all right um aquafina and uh simu liu and um menger zhang act like there's water all around you I would probably be like, okay, so I'm going to hold my breath now. And then they would have to be like, no, no, no. No, the like water's you, not getting you wet. Yeah, you're not wet. It's just like around you. Oh, so I'm not in the water? No, like you're in the water's vicinity. Like the the water's all up in your shit, but you're not in water. You're just surrounded by water, but you're not in water. It's just everywhere, but not on you. Like, <laughs> what? I would just sort of be in front of a green screen looking around like oh boy water sure is surprising me right now but i guess (laughs) i don't have to hold my breath like it it would baffle my mind right so basically this water map gives the dad the info he needs on the path to take and when to take it which conveniently the one time of year that this path is open is Three days from now. Thank goodness. Happens once a year. Takes place in three days. Um, And, like, every time this sort of thing is like, oh, the path is open. It's usually like, yeah, finally we can find a door and walk through. Not in this story. It's like, the path is open. And it, it's like, you still have to, like, navigate. There's still a maze. Yeah, there's still a maze. And, for some reason, it's like... Oh, now I've like watched this light go through this maze and I know the path. It's like did did you write it down? Or did you just glance Maybe and he memorize has a it? Photographic memory. Maybe. Who knows? Yeah. 
But um, basically, his kids decide, no, we're not helping you. You're crazy. Mom's dead. She's not whispering to you from behind a gate. So he throws all of them in a cell, presumably in the basement somewhere. I don't really know. Um, so the three of them are there, and then they hear this weird noise coming from the back of this dark stone cell. And so naturally they decide to walk to it um and they find in there da, 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 da. they find trevor they find ben kingsley from iron man 3 the guy pretending to be the mandarin what i was i was very surprised that they brought ben kingsley into this um, i was very pleased he was definitely a uh, comic relief yeah but welcome comic relief um I felt he was a bit much for me. Um, I was glad that they brought him in in order to um, like acknowledge the fact that they brought in a character that called himself the Mandarin only to be like, he's not the Mandarin. And then later in the movie, Guy Pierce is like, I'm the Mandarin. And the audience went, okay, you're so much less of a Mandarin than even the fake actor guy was. <laughs> And so they at least, like, brought him in so that the guy wielding the Ten Rings could be like, that guy tried to call himself the Mandarin. What an idiot. And so at this point, I'm like, all right, cool. We've sort of been able to close the book on the Mandarin title. We're done. Shang-Chi answered that question for us. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Um, However, I know for me personally, once we find out that he's actually Trevor and not the Mandarin in Iron Man 3. He becomes fairly annoying in that movie. And I feel like... It's continued in this one, I feel like. Yeah, they just sort of continue his personality in this. And it pretty quickly, to me, became um, fairly distracting. I can see that. Uh, He did have a mythical... BFF yeah. creature. I believe Aquafina r- refers to it as a uh, chicken pig. Yes. With no face. Yep. Faceless. Um, and what's he called? Murphy or Mortem- uh, Marvin? Something like something like that. Some M name. Yeah. Um. Uh, and he is the one that's like, hey. Only Ben Kingsley can understand this thing. Oh, this is it, true. It yes. speaks in little like. Somehow ben he, Kingsley's he like, knows that language. Yeah, I, I know what it's saying. But uh, Shang-Chi is like, I have to get to my mom's village before my dad gets there because he's going to burn the whole thing to the ground um, and destroy everything there. And so this uh, chicken pig is like, I can get you there. I'm 19% sure that I can get you there. Which, that was one thing. Um he says, yeah, he's 90% sure he can get you there. And then he, like, squirtles again a little bit. He's like, oh, he actually said 19%. And for people who are, like, super fans of the MCU, there's this thing where they keep referring to either the number 12 or the number 11. Um, I believe it's 12. Um, but... In a bunch of different movies, they will use that number. In um, 
Guardians of the Galaxy. They say that uh, Star-Lord has 12% of a plan. Uh, in, I believe, the first Avengers, Tony's talking to Pepper, and uh, he's talking about Stark Tower becoming a beacon of clean energy, and he says that she should give herself some of the credit. She's like, oh, some? And he's like, yeah, give yourself 12% of the credit. Um, and little things like that. And then there's a much darker reference to the number in uh, an episode in the second season of Daredevil, where Punisher is given reason to beat a uh, pawn shop owner to death. Um, so yeah, um, I was kind of sad that they didn't reference 12% in that scene. Um, but yeah, they referenced 90 and 19. Um, so they go back to the deadly ant babu f- bab- bamboo forest. <laughs> Yes, after they, uh, after the sister finds some secret tunnels to escape from and they get to the garage and they still raise her fist's car. Mm-hmm. Um, and there is a chase scene through the garage as they escape. But yeah, then they make it through the, uh, they make it to the bamboo mm-hmm. forest. And again, and... That, that chase through the garage, the camera movement and the choreography. Yeah. It's, it's a short uh, little chase fight. But it's still... It's well done, though. So exhilarating. Yeah. Um, yeah, they get out. Uh, they get to the bamboo forest. And they're sitting out there. And they're like, all right, how long do we have to wait? And Ben Kingsley's like, I don't know. He just says we have to wait. And they're like, okay, well, how long? And he's like... Uh, he's like, days? Hours? Yeah, and he's like, I, I am merely a trans... Transmutive... Uh, power between the, this realm and our own and he just starts like talking all and then all gibberish. of a sudden he goes okay go now and as soon as he started talking gibberish i was like they're about to get interrupted because you can go right this second and then that happened exactly and i was like all right cool, cool. but chicken pig is able to successfully get them through the uh crazy bamboo forest yeah, which um, instead of like a path opening up, it's just like there's a pocket. There's a pocket, just a nugget of opening that yeah that they have to stay in, um, which they do successfully, and they go through a waterfall, and ta-da, they find <sighs> Talo. Is that the shoot? Uh, the the village. Yeah, the village. Basically, yeah. you drive through the waterfall, you go through a wormhole, you're in a new dimension. And there's the village. Yeah, and uh, and all of the mythical creatures, they all live in this They're dimension. They're all there. That none of them live on Earth. They all live in this dimension. Yeah, so, there's good, some, good. like, foxes with forked tails. There's, there's some, some weird-looking horses. There's yeah. more chicken pigs. There's some phoenix-looking things. Um, yeah. And then they find the village. Then they find the village. and The villagers. Like, yeah. When they pull up, the entire village is all, like, standing in a line, and they still, like, drive their car forward and then turn it like they're in a car commercial, and they need to, like, show <laughs> off the pretty side of this car. And I was like, honestly... Which is basically just the writing that said Razor Fist. Yeah. Um, if that were me driving the car, as soon as I see villagers, I'm stomping on the brake and, like, hey, um... If these guys don't want us here, I'm sure they're not cool with us arriving by car and, um... I'm not about to just, like, put tire treads on their beautiful lawn. 
<laughs> yeah. I'm like get out of the car, put my hands up and be like, hey, we come in peace. We're here to warn you about incoming danger. Like, but they just like roll up and they're like, are you even looking at this beautiful, completely <laughs> electric car? Like, cause yeah, that was another thing all through that chase scene. Every time they're like accelerating and stuff, it just keeps like cutting to an exterior shot of the car and you just hear this like, and I was like, oh, cool. It's electric. Cause that is not as loud as a normal motor. Um, but uh, yeah, so they get there and they're like, hey, there's a fight coming. And they're like, well, then we should go into a training montage, shouldn't we? <laughs> and they do. They do. Well, they find their aunt in the That's village. That's true. Um, who has been waiting for them to return and has been wanting to meet them for their whole lives. Um, and she explains what the voice behind the gate is and it's actually this like soul sucker monster Mm -hmm. that is able to communicate somehow with the outside i forget how from what i could pull from the dialogue in just one viewing it seems like it's able to pretty much throw out messages kind of enticing people and, and trying to lure them in and it can kind of sense those who are I think it can sense the power from the Ten Rings. Yeah, so it sort of senses that this one guy has the Ten Rings. It knows that those things are powerful enough to break the gate. So that's who it's going to really try And it's also explained that, like, the the Soul Sucker will basically promise the heart's deepest desire. So this guy's deepest desire is to have his wife back. So the Soul Sucker is... Imitating the wife's voice to help entice him to come free her from behind the gate. Uh, So yeah, training montage. We find out that dragon scales are beautiful and strong and powerful. Um, And they are able to incorporate them into their clothing and their weapons it's very much the vibranium of this magical little village in an alternate dimension it's beautiful it's gorgeous um it glows when it gets hit and uh the ant that we um have already mentioned is played by the beautiful and talented michelle yo um it was her name is nan in the movie nan yeah um, which it was pointed out to me in another video today that uh, she has a tiny, tiny role. I mean, it, she's got maybe two lines of dialogue or something, but she is uh, one of the scavenger leaders in Guardians of the Galaxy Part 2. Oh. Yeah. Completely different character, though. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. She is like this wise woman that helps guide her niece and nephew um basically she lets the niece know that the women here train alongside the men and that she's had to be in the shadows for too long so she gives her this weapon to train with that's basically like an arrow on the end of a rope i'm probably explaining that terribly uh and then she helps shang chi uh, to really, like, harness the power of his ancestors, uh, to realize that he is the result of all of his ancestors, good and bad. Um, and... 
Aquafina um, is also training at archery. Basically, you just see the whole village training for this fight that they know is coming. Uh, Nan does point out that, you know, this is not the first time that someone has tried to come and open the gate. They've been protecting this gate for years and years. Um, yeah. Um, I feel like there was something else I was going to say. At some point, um, they bring new outfits for oh, yeah. Shang-Chi and his sister. And that the their mom had left for them. So gorgeous. They're oh, so beautiful. They're beautiful. And they're, they fit perfectly, which makes no sense <laughs> if, if your Just mom go is like, yes, yeah, soon my children will grow up and and this will be their maybe that's a property of dragon scales they can just fit maybe let's go with that um and yeah uh shang chi's is red his sister's is white Mm -hmm. um so they get ready and then the bad guys arrive and um the dad immediately well he fights with shang chi a little bit and then uh overpowers him throws him into the water um it was actually that fight scene as they were fighting by the water that I could tell that his stunt double was doing most of that. Okay, interesting. Um, and one thing I really want to go back and look at um, now that I've seen the movie, I feel like several of those moments in the trailer had different backgrounds because I was assuming uh, the fight right next to the water, the fight right... Uh, outside of the door and a couple other moments i thought they were all going to happen in the courtyard of the dad's complex oh um which um there have been several times throughout the marvel movies that they have changed things specifically for trailers trailers. in order to not give things away um there's a moment in endgame where Rocket pushes open a door. Uh, he's about to go see uh, Thor. Um, but in the movie, Rocket pushes open the door and Professor Hulk is standing right behind him. In the trailer, they took Professor Hulk out, so it's just Rocket opening the door. Uh, there's a moment in um, Hulk, uh, Thor Ragnarok where Thor kind of like looks up and in the movie, he's missing an eye, but in the trailer, he's got both. So yeah, um... It's not unheard of if they did change the backgrounds. Um, but yeah, so at some point, Shang-Chi gets thrown into the water. The dad continues on to the door and starts destroying it. Yeah, he um, creates some cracks. So little soul suckers get out. Um, and then basically all of the villagers are like, we have to work together, 10 ring ninjas, uh, because your weapons are not going to do anything against these uh, and so then they stab one with something made of dragon scales and they realize, oh, yeah, we need to work together. Which that's after they've tried stabbing it with non-dragon scales. And yeah. it does this really cool, like, it it looks like it did damage. Like, it looks like it gets sliced in half. But then the water just, like, or the liquid just comes right back together. And so, yeah, they immediately find out that, yeah, only dragon scales work. It's very much the, um, in... Uh, Game of Thrones, when you're trying to fight White Walkers, you need either Dragon Glass or um, Special Steel. 
Um, oh yeah. Yeah, I forget what it's called. Um, but yeah, sort of the oh, w- there's only one thing that can destroy these. Thankfully, we just found a bunch of that one specific thing. Yeah. Um, uh, so as Shang Chi is in the water, um, the air bubbles go into his nose converge and he can breathe. And- basically perform cpr on him he gets one good breath of water and now he can breathe underwater or something um but that's when he finds the great protector who has been apparently dormant at the bottom of this lake yeah it wasn't really clear like if he just awokened it from its slumber or if it like like was it just his presence in the water awakened it awakened it awakened shut up or was it um, that, like, it sensed the pure of heart or something and, and sort of manifested oh. itself to him? Or was it that, like, it's sort of been waiting underwater this whole time and it's just like, I just can't wait for one of these bitches to come into the water and then I'll surprise him. But um, it was conveniently in the lake when Shang-Chi needed it. Very convenient. Uh, so, basically, they have this moment under the water of, like understanding their mission so super dope eye contact um yes the great protector the dragon bursts out of the water starts bitch slapping all these little soul suckers Mm, eating them right up um you're lucky if you get eaten because if you don't get eaten you get thwipped by the tail and the tail just disintegrates you yeah and so then we find out that there's a bigger soul sucker still in the cave that is trying to escape. But the little soul suckers are basically bringing it souls to feed it and to make it more powerful. Um, So it ends up breaking out of the cave. Mm -hmm. And at this point, is Shang-Chi with his dad fighting? Fighting his dad. And then... This is a big deal fight, by the way. Yeah. Um, His dad still has the Ten Rings, which, when he's using them, are, like, electrified blue. Um, And as they're fighting... um, How do I describe this? So Shang-Chi, through his ability to kind of... um, manipulate like leaves and and things around him he's able to do sort of that same move on the rings so when they get thrown at him instead of just like blocking them or letting them hit him or dodging he instead sort of um absorbs their momentum and redirects it and instead of just letting them go straight back to his father he kind of keeps them with him and suddenly it becomes kind of like their absorbs master. Them. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it's interesting because his dad, when they come back to him, they just go right onto his arm. Mm-hmm. Once again, ready for like a very um, aggressive, offensive attack. And with Shang-Chi, when they come to him, they just circle they around like orbit him, him in a much more um, defensive way. Uh, protective way very similar um but the rings when they're with shang chi are orange 
Yeah. Or red or whatever. I was going to say yellow. Yellow. Okay. One of those warm hues. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they just sort of circle around him. Almost like when you get uh, three turtle shells in Mario Kart. Yeah. And if you haven't shot them yet, they just sort of like follow around you and if anyone else throws something at you it just hits one of those um but there was a part of the fight where shang chi got five of the ten rings and so he's fighting with his five and his dad still has the other five so it's kind of this like good versus evil fight yeah um and all of a sudden like the uh the odds are kind of evened out um and then there's there's one moment that I thought was really interesting because it's just like this. If you've been paying attention and you understand the rules of the power, this kind of makes a big deal. But his dad shoots all 10 rings at him. And usually he like shoots a few and summons them back as he shoots a few more. And so the thing, one of the powers of the 10 rings is allowing you to levitate or hover or something like that. And so he never like lets himself fall completely to the earth because he has the 10 rings to affect his inertia or whatever. Um, and all of a sudden he shoots all 10 at Shang-Chi and before they've come back to him, he falls. And so like without the assistance of any rings, he falls like three stories. And I remember just seeing him hit the ground. And as soon as he hit, my brain just went, Oh shit. That's an old ass man without any rings to help. Ow, <laughs> and and it kind of it it made a, a bigger impact, and I love those moments where like we're watching superhero movies, but there's if, a vulnerable uh, moment. In yeah, there. and there are rules, and if you're not following the rules, the consequences are very human. Well, and one part that I really liked was during this fight, like Shang Chi had five of the rings, and at one point he just throws them on the ground. Yeah, and he's like because. For his whole life, basically, the rings have been a force of evil. And mm -hmm. he's like, no, like, I walked away from this life. I left my dad behind. I started a new life because I wanted to be a better human. I'm not taking these rings and becoming what my dad was. So there was that moment where he just, like, they just, like, clattered to the ground. Um, and basically just become metal bangles that are just like yeah laying there um but eventually at this point that's when the big soul sucker breaks out mm -hmm. um so real quick uh that moment i was just talking about the dad sends all 10 at shang chi then he falls to the ground but he did just launch all 10 rings at shang chi and so, like, there's this big cloud of dust and stuff. So the dad hits the ground. He looks. And all of a sudden, from out of this cloud of dust, you just see these points of yellow start to illuminate. And so that's kind of how you know, like, oh, shit. Shang-Chi did not take that massive hit that the dad just tried to deliver. He sort of... Absorbed bent, them. <laughs> ring bent the, the <laughs> rings around him. And so he comes walking out for the first time with 10 rings all around him. Just, they look like an entourage. <laughs> like, and, and one thing that, like, they never really explain it, but he, like, kind of... Isn't that after the Soul Sucker comes out? 
I don't think so. Because I'm pretty sure it comes out and the dad sees it going for Shang-Chi. And I think he uses the rings to like launch himself and save Shang-Chi from the soul sucker. And I'm pretty sure he still has the rings at that point, doesn't he? Shoot. I do remember the dad doing that. And then the dad gets picked up by the soul sucker. Yeah. And I think he still has the ring. No, he doesn't. Shang-Chi has him at that point, doesn't no, he? No, once the dad gets picked up, somehow he has the rings back. Okay. So he's I th- hasn't I given them. I think at some point, he the dad has fallen. Uh, Shang-Chi has all ten. And then he, like, bends them into an orb. Mm-hmm. And they're just, like, in this... And I don't know what it's supposed to do. Like, is he able to, like, Hadoken or Kamehameha... I don't know. Um, but clearly we need to rewatch this. Scene. Yeah. He pretty much like does that. And then I think does something to um, the effect of, I'm not going to take the kill shot. And so I think the dad may resummon them back to himself or something, but then yeah, massive big old soul sucker picks him up and starts to suck his soul out, which this time takes then there's another like moment with minutes. Shang-Chi as him and his dad are like staring at each other and having a conversation with their eyes and yeah um and I think the the message behind that is supposed to be like even though he was a fairly abusive father he did in his own way legitimately love his son, love yeah. his son. Um, and so Shang-Chi sort of has this like I didn't like your parenting however you were not a soulless father to me. Mm-hmm. And so by you dying, I'm still losing a father and you are still losing, you know, access to me because yeah. you're dying. Um, but as he's about to die, he kind of like releases his control over the rings and they all shoot to Shang-Chi. Yeah. And then... The and rest- I think that's kind of when he realizes that they can be used for good and that they need to be used in this battle so that this soul sucker doesn't win. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it becomes soul sucker versus yeah. dragon. So soul sucker starts to come for Shang-Chi and then the dragon um, protector hits it, which I'm not sure if we said this, but when the uh, protector dragon first comes out of the water, Shang-Chi's riding on its head and it's so cool to see because like all the other characters are like oh my gosh the mega protector dragon thing and then his sister and Katie are like wait a minute our bestie is riding on that dragon which I just found out dragons exist whoa this is cool (laughs) and so all of a sudden the dragon stops the soul sucker and now his sister is riding the dragon. Yeah. And so it attacks him. And all and then... the mini soul suckers during this are like bringing souls to feed. Yeah. So Shang-Chi uh, jumps off the cliff, gets onto the dragon. So him and his sister are riding it together. There's a big fight. It really seems like uh, the protector dragon has the upper hand because it starts calling on the water. Yeah. And so the water starts punching the soul sucker um, as well. It's it's really cool to look at. It's crazy. Uh but then the it's, soul sucker just keeps getting more and more souls. Yeah, all of a sudden, right as it's about to get beaten, all the mini soul suckers bring all these little souls and feed it, and it gets way more powerful, and it's able to 
break loose of all of the water tentacles and stuff. And it and starts trying to suck the soul of the dragon. Yeah, then it grabs the protector dragon and starts to suck his soul out. and then Which we then the hear ground. that's like... They're like, oh, if it gets the soul of the protector dragon, it's all over. He's going to be unstoppable and he'll be able to destroy the world. Or something. <laughs> and then Aquafina comes through with her newfound archery skills yeah, which, and sends a dragon scale bow through the throat of the soul sucker. Yeah, which Shang-Chi at this point cannot do anything because the soul sucker has grabbed onto his sister with one of its tentacles. So he's having to use all of his power to just hold on to her. Yes. And luckily Aquafina shoots an arrow, um, which... Uh, as the soul sucker is eating all these souls, you can like sort it's of like see the glow. Yeah, it's, its throat is holding all the souls and it's growing and it's glowing and oh my gosh! And then this one guy points and he's like, see "Aim the, for the throat." See the glowing part of the bad guy? You got to shoot at that. Which anyone who's ever played any like Legend Legend of Zelda or literally any video game ever that exists at all, yeah, yeah, shoot the big glowy thing on the big bad guy it as soon as it happened i was like that is a video game move <laughs> but that weakened it enough that it no longer was taking the soul of the dragon mm-hmm. um and then shang chi is able to shoot all 10 rings down the throat of the soul sucker which and make him spin around in his belly yeah like just the launching them into it the i guess kickback of that something launches Shang-Chi way up into the air. So he's just kind of like floating there majestically and then starts falling back to Earth and starts doing these like really cool spinning, like not incantations, but like he's kind of controlling the rings as he's falling. It was once again gorgeous. And and the soul sucker is screaming at this point. So yeah, you can pretty much just imagine that the Ten Rings, he's just turned on a mystical blender inside of In this the soul belly sucker. Of the beast. And so, like, he's taking his sweet-ass time falling back to Earth towards the soul sucker, and the whole time the soul sucker's like, just kill me, please! And then right before impact, he just, like, summons them all back, which blows the soul sucker to bits. Which and... you see the bits fall into the water. Yeah, that was crazy. Uh, there were several things in this movie where I was like, damn, you're pushing this. Like, they they never said the F word, but they said shit and damn and ass several times. And I was like, does Captain America know you're talking like this? Damn. They're not um, in America. It's fine. They were at the beginning. Oh, well. Aquafina said shit and vagina. She said gina. <laughs> no, she didn't. She pointed at the lady on the bus writing, uh, like, a um, research paper or something. And she was like, oh, that's the kind yeah. of girl my mom wishes came out of her vagina. That's true. She yeah. did. You're right. <laughs> Anyways. I digress. Now that I've said vagina. <laughs> um, soul sucker gets killed. Burst into pieces. Burst. Burst right up. Um, burst hard. And the villagers know that the battle is over at this point if they're still alive they know it's over yes <laughs> not yeah, many of them are alive it is one of those uh movies that i was surprised to see actually like after the battle he lands and looks around he's like shit people died yeah on both sides yeah um 
And I feel like in most movies, it's it's a very, like, the survivors are like, yay, we won. And no one ever acknowledges, like, yeah, but people died, unless it was a main character. I feel like they acknowledged it in this one, though, because they had that, like, lantern ceremony after where they, like, saying. honor those who lost their lives that day. Basically, mm-hmm. like, we'll remember them forever, but we release them to, like, rest in peace. And then they send all these, like, really pretty lanterns out onto the water. Um, yeah, and I feel like... And the dragon swirls around and then flies away. Yeah, I feel like you look at any Transformers movie, Star Wars movie, uh, most Marvel movies, like, as as soon as the big battle's over and done, all the extras that were killed, no one gives a shit about them unless a main character died. And then they're like, oh no, we lost... Autobot Jazz or something. <laughs> but like for the most part they're like Did did major Transformers just die? Because shit. Sorry, RC, but you can suck a dick. <laughs> we did not lose any main characters. We did not. But they do acknowledge that extras died. Yeah. And I, I, I applaud the movie yeah. for that. I was very happy. Um Uh so then after that, it basically cuts back to San Fran. Yeah. And Katie and Sean are at dinner with the same yeah, they, they had dinner with a couple had. earlier in the movie, have a nice conversation with them, and now they're having another conversation, and they just recap the entire movie, which I always like when I like that, that they did it in the Aquafina way. You know the guy from Ant-Man? Mm-hmm. She was kind of that guy for recapping what they had just done. Kind of, yeah. Uh, the Michael Pena's character. Yeah. Um, and the friend is like, really, you expect me to believe this? Like, two weeks ago, you guys were working for tips, and now you expect me to believe that you uh, saved the universe by killing these mythical monsters? Have I ever shown you um, uh, Pineapple Express? No. Okay. The last scene after they've done all this crazy shit they go to like a denny's and they're just like sitting there and it's uh seth rogan uh um shoot green goblin from the original spider-man movies um 127 hours you you know the guy from 127 hours sure yeah um and then uh the other guy and they just start, like, reminiscing about what happened. And at some point, they're like, oh, man, the car chase. Oh, yeah, the car chase. And the other guy's like, you guys were in a car chase? And they're like, oh, yeah, it was so crazy. And, like, they just recap the entire movie. And it's hilarious. So this was very much that. Um, but and then... during, while well, she's like, you really expect me to believe this? We start to see a portal opening up. And we know that it's one of Wong's portals. And so it just, like, opens. And he, Wong comes out. He's like, Shang-Chi? <laughs> Shang-Chi? And he has to, like, raise his hand. He's, he's like, like, yeah, I'm, I'm here. Present. <laughs> um, which, at this point, it kind of felt like um, they were writing a scene to be a joke. But it, it didn't really feel... Like, like Wong, a famous wizard, just came up and was like, Hey, I need you right now. Come with me. And... Instead of just being like, oh, shit, this must be urgent. Let's go. They instead like, well, um, I guess I should uh, probably go. And they just kept on doing like a... I'll Venmo you for the drinks. I'll Venmo you for the drinks. Oh, it's good to uh, see you. Good to see you. We'll touch base again. And I was like, are we... Are you taking this scene seriously? <laughs> like the concept of this scene seriously? But yeah, finally they go through the portal and the movie ends. 
at least the main part of the movie. And, and um, then we get the mid credit scene. And we get the mid credit scene. I am, without really doing research other than my own memory, I would say this is easily the longest mid credit scene it's a very I've long ever seen. Scene. Um, so uh, Wong pretty much is looking at a magical hologram of one of the Ten Rings, and he's like, "What is this made out of? It doesn't come up in any of our." records of different artifacts around the world where did you get this what is it and how long did your dad have it and shang chi's like for a really long time i don't know and then all of a sudden he's like do you guys know anything about this and we see bruce banner in one of those like flat hologram things that uh we see in endgame when black widow's still sort of mm-hmm. controlling the avengers um from like a satellite location um so we see bruce banner not hulkified just straight up mark ruffalo no cgi bruce banner and he's wearing an arm cast so and he's looking real old too like oh very gray very interesting worn um so yeah uh the fact that he's wearing an arm cast means that the effects of his snap to bring half the universe back definitely took a physical toll on his body that has not fully healed yet. Um, so we see him, and we also see Captain Carol Marvel. Danvers. Carol Danvers. Um, and uh, so they, those two and Wong pretty much discuss, like, yep, we're looking at its um, thermal signature. We don't recognize it as vibranium. Carol Danvers is like... I don't recognize it I've as ever any seen. alien artifacts. It doesn't have to do with this or this or this. Um, and and then she gets like some sort of call or something and is like, oh, I have to take this. Bye. Yeah. She's like, I'm so sorry to do this, but I have to go. Sorry. Bye. She's like, you can get my number from him and points to Bruce Banner. <laughs> and then she leaves and he's like, he looks at him and he's like, straight up. I don't have her freaking number. <laughs> um, <laughs> she does this to me all the time. <laughs> yeah. Um, so watching how uh they showed us thor interacting with doctor strange at the end of i believe it was doctor strange's first movie and then we see that same scene play out in thor ragnarok i'm excited to see in uh the new movie marvels if we get to see um carol danvers part in this scene yeah um because, yeah, the she walks away with enough urgency that I feel like... There's got to be some sort of follow-up to that. Yeah, we, we're probably going to see what pulls her away in a later project. Um, and <laughs> as you can probably assume, I'm super excited for that. Um, and then... And then we have a end credit scene. Yeah, I think scene. that's pretty much all that's that goes on for, in, in yeah. that mid-credit scene. Um, oh, and then before... The credits rolled. Uh, Shang-Chi had said that his sister was back at his father's compound finishing up his affairs. Yeah, like... So that's why we didn't see the sister back in San Fran is because she was back in mm-hmm. China at the compound? I, I think Wherever the compound's the compound probably is. somewhere in China. Um, and so then the end credit scene comes up and it shows her in like her taking room, posters her... down from her childhood bedroom. And then... Uh, is it Razor Fist that comes in? Uh, n- that says they're ready for you. Yes, it's Razor Fist that comes in. Um, but then 
when she goes out into the next room, the guy that's like kind of waiting for her is the guy that runs the uh, like illegal fighting ring yeah. thing. And so he's there to sort of like, um, not introduce her, but like he's going to be her main right hand man guy. So basically she takes a seat on the throne of the Ten Rings and, and is basically like, all right, let's get to work. Yeah, and the camera zooms out and we see people training. Women training. Oh, yeah. There were some men training, but it was a lot of women. And it zooms out more and they're starting to put up like satellites and there's graffiti on the walls. So like she's sort of bringing She's in bringing more... her underground fight scene in. Yeah, but like more of a technological um, advancement sort of thing that her dad never really utilized as much um and then uh in it doesn't cut to black it cuts to like the ten rings image and in front of it it says the ten rings will return yeah which is always a very bold move in my opinion like i feel like outside of the marvel cinematic universe and i know the friends of mine who are listening to this podcast can probably name just off the top of their head other movies that do this but Outside of the MCU, I feel like it used to mostly be, like, at the end of a James Bond movie, it would just say, James Bond will return. It used to, like, James Bond will return in, and then give you the title of the next movie Mm -hmm. there. And then, as studio politics became more hot and heavy, it sort of became like a, he'll return. We do not know what the title of the next movie is yet, we we haven't even started negotiating the next movie, but he will return. And then the Marvel movies started doing the, like, Captain America will return. This person will return. That person will return. Um, but yeah, being able to see the Ten Rings will return. I'm I'm happy to see that uh, this wasn't this wasn't the sort of thing that's like, you beat the enemy at the end of this movie. Now he's gone forever. Mm-hmm. Um, like I will say, gone, but the Ten Rings. I is still wish that they hadn't put in that sentence about the sister being back at the compound finishing up the affairs because for me as soon as they said that i was like oh well she's gonna like take over the 10 rings okay and so then that end credit scene happened i was like okay yeah called that one Hmm. um but if they hadn't put that one sentence in there i feel like the end credit scene would have been more of a surprise Hmm. um i could see that for me, like, I, oftentimes, I'm not really, like, watching a movie to be like, okay, based on that, what can I conclude will happen later? So that, like, I did not clue into that happening later. Um, but, yeah, I could see how you could deduce that. Um, so, yeah, that's Shang-Chi. Yeah, that's Shang-Chi. A um, couple other things that I noticed. Um, I was really impressed with how willing they were to use subtitles. There were a lot of subtitles in this movie. the first good chunk of the movie was all in Chinese. Mm -hmm. And throughout the movie, they oftentimes will will switch to Chinese. Uh, One thing that, like, they may have come right out and said it. Yeah, they did. Damn it. Um, But I had forgotten that uh, Aquafina could um, speak Chinese. And so, like... Yeah, because she speaks Chinese with her grandma. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like, so certain people who would speak Chinese and, like, you would need to read their subtitles. I feel like Aquafina never speaks Chinese. She only, like, 
is spoken to in Chinese, so I kept forgetting that she could understand it. Mm. And so it would be like, wait, is everyone in this conversation, like, totally understanding, except for Aquafina? But then she would understand what was going on, and I was like, all right, what's going on? Because, um, yeah, to me, unilingual, I consider understanding multiple languages more of a superpower than most superpowers in these movies. Right. <laughs> um, One thing that I really love is uh, the magic that they're bringing into this phase of the MCU. Because, yeah. like, we've seen Loki with magic. We've seen Wanda with magic. We've now seen, like, the magic from Shang-Chi. Um, we've um, seen Doctor Strange's magic. Yeah. And um, I love that that's... Because I feel like the first few phases of the MCU was obviously like superpowers, but a lot of it was like strength or, you know, like fighting. And I feel like... Outside of Thor, I feel like for the for the first big chunk of the MCU, they always used science to justify superpowers. Yeah. Um, science is what caused Hulk. Science is what created super soldier serum. Science is literally what Iron Man's suit is made out of. Um, Black Widow, uh, yeah, you can call physical training science, you know, learning, you know, momentum and agility and things like that, sure. Um, and then all of a sudden Thor, he was like, uh, your ancestors called it magic, you call it science, where I come from, they're one and the same. And that was sort of a way of being like, uh, are you willing to keep referring to this as, as science, even though it definitely isn't? Um, yeah. But yeah, now it's like, no, magic exists. Magic, yeah. And several different flavors of magic exist. And I'm loving it. I'm I, here yeah. for it. And I really like that sometimes different flavors of magic taste similar. Not the same, but similar. Mm -hmm. And other ones d don't even seem anywhere close to the same thing. Um, I liked in the Loki series, the way Sylvie... Uh, would like get into people's heads and manipulate them looked very similar to when Wanda would get in their heads. Yeah, there's this like wispy. With, yeah. Um, Loki's isn't quite as wispy though. No. His, His is, is more, more like glowy. Yeah, glimmery, shiny. Yeah. It's, it's really, really interesting. Um, and then I know people will get pissed if I don't mention it. We also have Scott Lang's magic with the card stuff. Oh, gosh. Puking up cards and, like, yeah. Still magic. You're so funny. Dude, that's been in memes for weeks now. Come on. Um, so, yeah. Uh, just going through the bullet points. Um, I thought the special effects were great. I already mentioned that the score was phenomenal. Beautiful. Choreography uh, is some of the best we've ever seen. Choreography was crazy good. Cinematography did not need to go that hard but it did and it did it for us and i'm thankful and grateful and i always will be um i i'm sorry guys uh we literally just got home from the movie and hit record so i haven't had time to go through any of the trivia my apologies um if the sound quality has changed drastically i'm sorry but we're Big announcement, we're moving soon, so everything's packed up. We're, we're moving tomorrow. <laughs> we are moving tomorrow. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to try to get this posted as soon as possible. By the time you're hearing this, there's a good chance we will probably be moved. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, um, 
I, I can't promise when our next episode is going to go up. Um, it could take a while. Uh, our lives are definitely hectic. being hectic right now. So please be patient with us. It may take some time. Um, our sound quality in our new uh, place of living may also change a lot. Um, doing my best. Um, I have never done this before. This is my first experience with um, sound editing and sound manipulating and just setting up sound equipment. So um, just come uh, along for the ride. Yeah, I I'm still very appreciative of all of the uh, support um, and encouragement I've gotten from everyone. Everyone's really seemed to enjoy this. I haven't gotten too many people that are like, you sound like shit. Um, and I appreciate that. Thank you. Um, but yeah, uh, I think that's all I have to say about Shang-Chi. Yeah. Shang-Chi. 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 One day he'll get it right. One day. One day. And then Today's the next day, that I'll day. go back to getting it wrong. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, you can find us on a bunch of things. I had a sign of all the different uh, places you could listen to us i took down the sign so it's like it's uh there's apple podcasts and there's spotify and there's i think google podcasts, google podcasts I think stitcher radio stitcher, public radio public um i want to say there's like one other that i had never heard of but yeah um you can listen to us in a bunch of places uh oh we're like, on insta we're on insta yeah uh the real couple on instagram um like, like comment, comment subscribe, subscribe. <laughs> um <laughs> Tell your friends, tell your uh, parents, tell... If, if you know anyone who's like, I'm the biggest Marvel fan you'll ever meet, then they need to know about us. Um, hold someone at gunpoint and demand that they listen. Um, Probably don't do that. I mean, you know, just don't blame us <laughs> if you get caught. Um, but yeah, so um, thanks so much for listening. We love you guys. And until next time, stay awesome. <laughs>